Good evening. It's October the 16th. It's 8 o'clock. This is show number 45. This is Transmits. Here we go. And good evening. You've made it to show number 45. I wanted to welcome you to our 45th installment of Transmit. Wanted to uh, just say it's good to be back. Uh, this is Transmit, show 45, as I just said, <laughs> coming to you from a thousand feet above Chicago's glorious and deadly streets. I am your host, Gummo, and tonight we have uh, our uh, guru in our in-house guru, uh, and, uh, everything in between, uh, for back since show number one, I wanted to welcome crash back to the show crash. Good. Uh, good evening, man. Thanks for uh, coming back to the show. Howdy. Thanks for having me back, man. Hey, no problem, man. It's uh, really good to have you, uh, back on the mic. Usually you're over there often in the corner of the studio, kind of mixing it up, doing yeah. your engineering thing. Oh yeah. Uh, this is, uh, this is, uh, the show we call Transmits. This is life from a hacker's perspective. That perspective is my perspective. Uh, who am I? I am Gummo. I am a former black hat hacker turned amateur podcaster turned amateur, whatever. And we bring you this show or we try to bring you this show at least once a week. Uh, and, uh, but we've been, uh, noticeably absent for the past three weeks and we'll get to that in a few moments. But, uh, we, usually we start the show off with all kinds of, uh, non-formatted regulations, but, uh, we're just going to kind of get back into the groove here. We're blowing off the dust and the microphones here in the studio and, uh, 
Man, what a lot to talk about. Uh, it's just been a uh, crazy, hectic... Th- the past three weeks have just been absolutely crazy, man. Oh, it's been mayhem, man. <laughs> like, literally, it's been mayhem. Things have been flying off the the rails, yeah. literally. It has, and uh, it's... It, and whew, I don't even know where to begin, so I, I guess what we'll do is we'll... Uh, where where have I been? Uh, let's see, about... Somewhere warm, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it, I've definitely been uh, in a warm place, and not by not by any of my own uh, design, of course. But uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you know, received a call and uh, had we had uh, a family uh, issue uh, down in Florida, as as many of my uh, regular listeners are regular, my, or as many of our regular listeners know. Uh, I'm from Florida, and uh, that's where most of my family uh, lives. And so uh, we had some. Uh, my father was sick, so I had to uh, leave unexpectedly and travel down to Florida and uh, care for my father for uh, about a week. And um, uh, thankfully, he's he's uh, on the mend. He's recovering, and uh, wanted to say thank you to all of my friends and colleagues. Uh, for their support and well wishes, it, w- it was definitely uh, kind of everyone to uh, throw that my way. Uh, about halfway uh, into, uh, well, let's let's back up a, a little bit. We uh, we I uh, went down to Florida. Uh, I was down there about six days, and I was actually about ready to uh, return back to Chicago. And for some reason, uh, just out of the clear blue. I had made the decision to stay an extra few days, uh, and I think that decision proved uh, to be a very, um, I don't know, I don't know, what do you say, Crash? Uh, Productive? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Well, something like that, yeah. Just out of the blue, I was, you know, I got my father out of the hospital, and you know, I was just like, well, I I think I'll stay a few extra days just to make sure Dad was okay, and... um, and that was the case. I, I stayed a few extra days, and uh, the Tuesday that I was supposed to leave, which was last, or the Tuesday before last, uh, I woke up that morning, and uh, all news accounts and reports uh, said that a hurricane was uh, coming, uh, was due to come up the coast of Florida, and Hurricane Matthew, and uh, that was, it, it was quite an experience nevertheless because uh, uh it, there has not been a hurricane that has made landfall in jacksonville in in 15 20 something like that years and of course you know as, as fate and luck would have it uh, i'm down there and here comes a hurricane so uh yeah and so you know with wild bewilderment i uh, at that point, I sent for I sent for you, Crash, and you yeah. uh, you you were kind enough to uh, fly down and assist me with uh, boarding up the house. It you, was quite a task. Uh, by the time the hurricane actually got to us, it was what a Category Four. Category Four. It yeah. was it was really rough. Actually, things were flying around, crashing through windows, and power lines went down. You could hear junction boxes actually exploding, which was really eerie, extremely eerie, actually. Yeah, and besides that, I mean, just hearing all of those uh, Transformers blowing blowing out all throughout the city, uh, it was, like you said, it was eerie and uh, oddly quiet because there was no planes going, you know. Right going over uh traveling in the air and um and then then of course that uh that weird rumbling uh that oh yeah was <laughs> turned 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 out to be tornadoes was... i would never expect tornadoes to actually make landfall in florida that that w- that actually caught me off guard so especially being from here yeah so yeah i didn't know what to expect really and uh well we got the generators going um had a little hiccup there. Didn't know how to actually turn on or open the fuel valves and whatnot. And you know, found some manuals. Did that and got everything up and running. Yeah, it helps when you read the manual. Does oh yeah, you have to read the instructions. Follow directions. You have to follow directions. 
And for that, that's one of the singular reasons that I asked that you come down and assist me because I have this problem with reading manuals. And, <laughs> and thank God you came down and uh, helped out, man. I mean, seriously, I appreciate you coming down and oh, you're welcome uh, helping out. It was um, it was quite an experience, and my goodness, I I uh, really don't want to experience a hurricane at least for another five or ten years. <laughs> well. I found it scary and fun at the same time, which is quite odd, but it uh, it definitely gave me something to think about, especially since how powerful the storm was and some of the people that were killed in the storm and you know, out in Haiti. Yeah, yeah. Over, what was it? Like, I believe there was almost five or 600 people. There were quite a lot of people that got killed. Yeah. It, it was, uh, wow. What, what, what in it? It was you know, just that, and uh, you know, you, we knew, uh, you know, as the story, and actually, you were able to fly in at the last minute before yep. the airport closed, and uh, that was uh, again thanks to uh, Blue Blue Charter Jets for getting you in uh, safely, and uh, everybody over there uh, who arranged, who helped get crash to me uh, in, in that particular bind. Uh, thank you to everybody involved in that as well. Uh, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, a, a frightening experience and, you know, that along with caring for an elderly father, uh, who <laughs> was pointing, you know, do this, do that. And oh, he was really mischievous, <laughs> very mischievous actually. Yeah. 77 years old. You would think that, uh, <laughs> you know, he was slowing down, but that's not the case. Oh, speeding up actually. <laughs> so you got to, uh. You got to meet my father, and that was uh, definitely an experience. But uh, it was, it was, uh, if, if people say that, it, when people say, uh, or the authorities, or the uh, weather authorities, or whoever is in charge, uh, warn you that you should take precautions for an approaching hurricane, or typhoon, or whatever part of the world you live in, you should really heed that caution, because we were we were uh, rather we what were we we were 30 40 miles inland and still it was it was bad <laughs> it was really bad yeah and uh it you know just just as uh crash said you know things were blowing around uh trees were falling over it was it was certainly uh, an experience and uh frightening that's the only word i can still come up with i would agree with that uh, for that and uh, so that's where we've been we've been uh, taking care of well I've been taking care of family members crash has been taking care of me and we've been taking care of business trying to uh, methodically make our way back to the studio here uh, in Chicago and uh, so we were able to uh, we were able to return last Sunday we um, we actually drove back up and uh, that was, that was, the, act, the drive was actually nice. It was yeah, it was nice. Uh, we went through. Uh, what, we got some Krispy Kreme donuts and some. Oh, <laughs> oh man, fresh, some, completely fresh. And we we stopped at your favorite place, Bojangles. Got you some the most amazing chicken biscuits ever. <laughs> Put a little bit of grape jelly or strawberry jelly. You know, a little bit of ketchup on that. Don't I mean, get it twisted. Yeah, you, man. <laughs> I really don't know what else to say about Bojangles' chicken biscuit. Their chicken alone is amazing, that breading and whatnot. So, yeah. Speaking of chicken, the, the Publix chicken down there. Ah, Publix. The, the most amazing fried chicken that I've ever had, and I cannot say that enough. Uh, for, for those of you that aren't familiar with the South or the Southeast, there's a grocery chain in uh, the Southeast, and the name of the chain is called Publix. And uh, what Crash is referring to is that they're known. Uh, Publix was actually one of the uh, one of the inventors of the supermarket deli. And with that, they over the years uh, they are famous for their fried chicken, selling it in their delis. And uh, it seems that uh, you actually enjoy their fried chicken very much, <laughs> very, 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 very much. And I, I couldn't agree more. Before I uh, became a vegetarian, I used to love eating uh, Publix chicken. So uh, I, I know where you're coming from, man. It was, it's good yeah. chicken. It's the breading, I think. It, the chicken itself is good. It's, yeah. I believe it's hormone-free and this, that, and the other because it's not oversized and looking nasty like most supermarket chicken. And the breading that they use 
in the, in the way they cook it, they cook it in a pressure cooker. Yeah. For those who don't know. Yeah. And it's just, it's amazing. I, I don't know how else to say it besides the fact that it's amazing. It, it is. And they sell it by the box full uh, in Florida and Georgia. I, I don't know. I don't know where else Publix is. I think they're in, I know they're in Florida and in Georgia, but I, I, maybe in Alabama. I'm not really sure. They're in the but, South in general. Yeah. Just the Southern region of the United States. Yeah. yeah. I, I know, like you said, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, I believe. Yeah, and all of those southern states. So. Yeah, yeah, and the the supermarkets themselves they're they're wildly clean and and they're actually mm. beautiful. Yeah. surprisingly. Yeah, compared to the supermarkets here in mm-hmm. Chicago area, it's yeah they're it's uh they're, and actually uh, if I'm not mistaken, Publix is actually not only are they famous for their fried chicken and their uh, impeccable customer service, but and their clean stores and their. Mm-hmm. Uh, old-fashioned butcher stuff or whatever it's just they they also are have been consistently rated as one of the top uh five places to work in the united states really yeah so that that was uh that's that's always been interesting to know and they're you know they're they are a private company still and uh from you know from all reports and accounts out there that uh, they actually take care of their employees and yeah, it you, looks like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they're not tired or run down. or, and uh, the, They seem happy. Yeah. The, the people that I spoke with actually enjoyed what they were doing. They were friendly. They Again, they were happy, and yeah. they were very helpful, too. Yeah, yeah. Great, a great uh, supermarket chain. And personally, I like the, uh, the potato salad that they sell in the deli. Oh, they have great potato salad <laughs> and macaroni salad. Oh, yeah. Oh, and uh, the chicken salad. You like the chicken oh, salad? Oh, yeah, as well. yeah. Spread the chicken salad on some crackers, and the, there you go. You're yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> Mixing that all up with Krispy Kreme donuts, some barbecue, and uh, <laughs> you have a recipe for certain uh, clogged arteries and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, health issues. But uh, oh yeah, it'll be moving your bowels. That's for sure. <laughs> in one way or the other. Oh yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, we, uh, we, we, we had the uh, opportunity to, uh, grab some barbecue down there. It's always a, uh, thing when I go to Florida or in specifically Jacksonville to, uh, to get to eat barbecue and seafood and all of that. And Jacksonville is, I think is one of the very few cities besides Memphis that has over 150 barbecue joints in, in, uh, the city limits. So. And so, you know, if you like barbecue, I know people say Memphis and Kansas City and all of that stuff, but really, uh, Jacksonville, Florida is one of the rare um, hidden gems to where you can find some great barbecue out there. So, yeah, I agree. Uh, and so that's that's what uh, so that's where we've been. That's what we've been up to, and we certainly uh, we we certainly. I certainly want, wanted to again thank everybody, uh, all of all of our followers, all of our uh, listeners out there. We we received uh, quite a few emails from our listeners out there, uh, wondering where we were and what we were up to, and so that's where we were and that's what we were up to. And it's uh, good to be back in the uh, windy city. It's very good to be back here. It's and chilly though. It is, and that's one of the things that uh, we usually talk about is the weather when we kick the show off, mm-hmm. and I believe uh, in, in one of those rare instances, tomorrow is going to be like 85 degrees here in the city, so... Oh, yeah, it is. And so uh, I hope so, anyway. Yeah. In October, 85 degrees it's in strange, Chicago? right? Yeah. It's very strange. That doesn't even make sense. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, again, thank you to everyone out there, and thank you, uh, thank you, Crash, for coming down and helping me, man. I, I well, thank you for inviting me, Gummo. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Thanks, thanks, man. Now, likewise, you're you're not half bad yourself, man. Well, thank you. Uh, and so that's uh, that's what's been going on from the personal uh, front, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we, uh, while the power was out down there, we had. A, uh, a lot of opportunities to understand how uh, you should uh, connect generators and connect appliances and stuff like that. Uh, so that was interesting to figure out, you know, that you've got 
you you can only run a certain amount of appliances and lights, and then you've got to turn them all off to use a microwave oven. And that was extremely weird. I, I we uh, on the generator, we we had a full load. Basically, we had the refrigerator, we had some lights, a computer, three TVs. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a full load, basically, and we went to go use the microwave to, what were we cooking? Or we were just boiling some water, or trying to at least. Yep. And we had to unplug everything, and then we had to plug that in and then unplug it? Is that what we had to do? Yeah, we had yeah. to keep turning, because the, the microwaves just pull a lot of uh, amps. Yeah. And so the we had two generators running, but still we weren't producing enough amps for the microwave to... Right do its thing so every time you could you would get like less than a half a minute into the procedure of heating something up and then you mm-hmm. have to turn the microwave off and then let the generator spin up and then you know yeah. start the microwave it took you know like seven or eight tries just to heat up a, a bowl of water but <laughs> we were successful in the end we succeeded <clears throat> and it was prevailed. nice it was nice we had a, a full-size refrigerator powered off the generators and and that thing kept everything cold. The freezer really kicked ass. <laughs> yeah, it did. It did. So we were, uh, we were, we were, we were actually doing quite well with the uh, no power and just uh, yeah, drinking cold drinks. It didn't seem like we had no power. It it seemed like everything was normal. Yeah, it really did. I, I watched the movie. You did. Believe, yeah, believe it or not, I watched an entire movie through the hurricane. <laughs> And it was it was uh, it was kind of cool. I, I'd never uh, been through that sort of scenario before. And I've never been through a hurricane, so I can pretty much say the same thing. I mean, yeah. It was a an eye opening experience, I suppose, because <laughs> I it was scary. Things flew around. You could hear the howling of the wind trickle through the sliding glass door. Yeah, and not not to mention the fact that we were in a house built in 1925, so that was that was a little bit concerning as well, you know, just coming from that perspective. Uh, However, the house itself didn't lose a single shingle, not a single one. Yeah, lost a few banana trees out front, but that was uh, yeah, yeah. that's expected. We replanted that. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it either. No, I just mean, a little bit of flooding, and that was really it, and and that drained off. Yeah, the next day it started to recede, mm-hmm. which was very interesting. Extremely, and you know, I, I, and what two days later we had everything out by the road. You yeah, know, the the fallen banana, the banana trees, and a few little scraps and twigs and limbs. And mm-hmm. suffice to say that uh, other people weren't so uh, fortunate as we were. They had trees down on homes, and oh yes. Jacksonville, the the new Jacksonville Beach Pier that was rebuilt in 2005 was destroyed, uh, and I th- saw that. Yeah, and so that was the new pier that replaced the old wooden pier. Uh, the old wooden pier, I believe, was built in the 60s, 50s, or 60s, and then that mm. was that was destroyed in 2000, 2001, 2002, and then it took them three or four years to build the new one. Right. And then the new one was touted as being hurricane proof. <laughs> yeah, we see that's wrong now. Yeah, yeah, it, and this thing was massive. It was built to a reinforced concrete and driven down into bedrock and all of that. Wow, but it it didn't it didn't last. It didn't <laughs> so now they up. have to build a new one for the new one. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. So that uh, sort of uh, eroded that whole fascination of uh, hurricane proof piers. <laughs> So it was, uh, you know, and lots of damage all around the place. Uh, A1A, the road, it's kind of like similar to uh, Pacific Coast Highway. A1A runs the distance of Florida from north to south, and it runs along the coast. And a lot of homes and businesses and the road itself was uh, practically destroyed uh, throughout the uh, whole hurricane event. So that was, uh, again, we, w- I felt... And, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way that we felt a little fortunate that, uh, you know, we we really just made it through virtually unscathed at that point. And um, wow. So, you know, no power. While we had no power, uh, we had we had we had really good comps. We had uh, we had satellite. We had uh, we had pretty much all of it. Yeah, we had. 
uh, scanners and <laughs> we could transmit and receive ham radios, mm -hmm. CB radios, yeah. all, all this stuff. Um, and it, you know, speaking of power in A1A, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but as we rode down A1A going to get some Chinese food, actually, there were people selling generators out of the back of trucks. Yeah, you know, a lot of them too, and there were a lot of people actually there buying them, which makes sense, as there was a hurricane on its way. Yeah, it, th those guys look like they, you know, as as with any natural disaster, they look like some of those opportunistic, uh, you know, pe people that uh, come in the face of disaster. And yeah, God, God only knows how much they were charging for those generators, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, that was available to people there, you know, after the storm, you know, generators and yeah, and and during those type of types of events, you know, it's really hard to find those basic necessities like generators, water, and oh yeah, stuff like that. But it was it was really good to see the whole uh, community, the really the whole community after community. The whole city had to come together on that one. It, yeah, it was. Uh, it, it required everyone to work together in order to establish a, a secure place to uh, or not a secure place, but just. Just a level of community and funda yeah. fundamental working together. Yeah, that was, it was good to see that people still, you know, help each other out and you have neighbors coming over to help each other out. And that was, that was good. And yeah. it was, wow, what an experience. And so we, we considered doing the show from uh, our 1925 house, <laughs> but uh, in the end we, we, you know, we had the bandwidth, we had, four different broadband connections and a two-way satellite, but we just, uh, I wasn't in the mood to uh, do it. <laughs> I didn't even have my computer to mix any audio, so I don't think we would have been able to do anything. Well, yeah. I could have probably done it on my mobile, but yeah, or my smartphone or whatever you want to call it. It would have sounded like episode one. Uh, most likely, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, we considered it for a hot minute, but then, you know, it was just, there was just too much going on to get the show off the ground. And so I'm just, uh, just feeling, feeling fortunate to be sitting here again. And, uh, speaking of Jacksonville today, uh, one of the NFL's most losing teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars came up here to Chicago and, uh, <laughs> we had the opportunity to go, uh, see the game today. And, uh, wouldn't you know it, the Jaguars beat the bears and, uh, I, I was almost ready to leave. Really? In yeah. the third quarter. I was extremely shocked. Yeah. And uh, the next thing you know, here come the Jaguars in the fourth quarter, and they uh, came back and beat the Bears. So, but we know that uh, you as a listener, you're not here to listen to sports scores or our personal wranglings, but that's where we've been and that's what we've been up to. And uh, let's, uh, let's, let's talk about what's been going on uh, in the news uh, here recently because, you know, uh, we're, we're running out of time. If you can believe that. Uh, last week, let's get this off the ground here a little bit. Last week, if you're familiar with um, Bitcoins and how it, uh, all of the fundamental uh, intricacies of Bitcoin and how it works, uh, one of the main uh, one of the main precursors or cursors rather that uh, Bitcoin uses to identify transactions over the uh, the entire Bitcoin, uh, ledger system uh, went down last week. Uh, Blockchain.info uh, reported that the domain their domain was hijacked, uh, and the, uh, along with the site going down, uh, almost uh, nine million Bitcoin wallets became inaccessible. Uh, currently, at this time, the site is back up and working, but um, the the blockchain team released a statement via Twitter saying that. Um, you know, that they were down and, and they are they are actually uh, back up and online. Uh, but uh, it, it, it's it's it was uh, it was interesting to see uh, how how fragile some of these uh, systems are and, um, you know, you know, just how easy it is for uh, some of these uh, these new e e payment systems are uh, are susceptible to some some of these uh, situations. But the official statement from the blockchain folks uh, stated that earlier today we discovered our DNS registrar had been compromised. Uh, we took the immediate action to resolve the issue. To be abundantly cautious, we're waiting for the DNS to propagate universally across the web before bringing our services back online. 
Once DNS propagates, we expect to restore services as soon as possible. Our sincerest apologies for any inconvenience. Uh, so that's, you know, again, that's that's one of the uh, intricacies and uh, dangers that uh, people face, uh, or you know, businesses for that matter face uh, this day and age, and and the fragility or the fragile state of the web and uh you know e even big big conglomerate uh situations and sites and organizations and businesses they are not immune to uh having having their their website hijacked or a ddos attack or something to that effect and speaking of ddos crash right before we left uh you know for the whole florida thing or before i left to go to florida uh, I, one of the, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, he's the, um, he has a blog out there. Um, Brian, Brian, what's his name? The, the, the guy who's always, Oh, I, I know yeah, who you're talking about. Um, uh, what's his name? Krebs, Bar Brian Krebs. Oh yeah. One of the most hated, <laughs> people on the planet uh he, he was actually um he was actually the recipient of one of the most largest uh distributed denial of service attacks in the history of the internet uh recording uh an average of 650 gigabits per seconds jeez coming in uh at his domain uh on it or coming in uh, towards his website and actually uh, he was using a DDoS mitigation service, and so they dropped him. And then he he was uh, getting he was receiving his service uh, pro bono via Akami Technologies, who actually specializes in uh, large bandwidth intensive websites, and and they dumped him. Wow! They really? Yeah. So I mean. At one point during the attack, his website was costing Akami millions of dollars wow. per hour. And so um, they dumped him. They, you know, hey, you know, uh, thanks, but no thanks. We don't need this sort of uh, strain on our infrastructure. So they dumped him. Right. And uh, from the last time I poked my head in on uh, the, the circumstances involving that particular uh, issue was that he had switched over to Google and Google uh, he's now hosting his website with uh, Google's new you know ding dong uh, DDoS prevention dingling services that you know <laughs> yeah. Google uh, touts out there so who knows maybe uh, maybe Google will uh, let's let's see how long Google will be able to support him before uh, Google drops him. I, I don't know, uh, but uh, that that was uh, one thing was for certain that uh, he was he was the recipient of one of the most uh, intense and severe uh, DDoS attacks ever in the uh, history of the internet. So that was wow. That was I don't even know what to say about that. That was just I was uh, shocked by the the sheer amount of data that was being moved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. It, it, from what from what I saw, that uh, this particular attack came from uh, the the misappropriation of traffic from a lot of uh, I, I really hate to say the Internet of Things, but it really the the attack was generated by a bunch of webcams and refrigerators and all sorts of devices connected to the uh, internet. It was just the internet, you know? The, I mean, that's what the internet is, is a bunch of connected devices to begin with. So you can just say internet. So <laughs> you don't have to say internet of things. Yeah, yeah. Because the internet is a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, I, I hate all of these, I hate saying all of these catchy tunes or, or slangs, slangs, sayings of, Silly stuff like that. You don't have to give in to that. You yeah. Just, just say what you want to say, you know? If you want to just say internet, internet of things, the web, wh whatever you want to say, man. Shit on the net. Yeah, <laughs> dude. It's just a bunch of stuff connected. That's all it is. Yeah. Very yeah. inefficient, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> well, with what it's doing, what it, you know, everyone's doing, you know, uh, banking and secret financial stuff, it, it's just... 
the internet was not made for what it does right now. It was made for communicating with each other via text and you know maybe some images, but people just strain the hell out of the internet, and it's just it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, and. With that said, there there continues to be you know, enough of that guy. I mean, he 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 seems to be one of the most hated people, uh, from what I read. And I really don't. Uh, I really one of the things that I really try to avoid is you know the, these these people that come up and that you know they claim that they're experts in this and experts in that, and they they give keynote speeches on this, that, and the other, and. And while there are a a vast amount of uh, knowledgeable people that are out there uh, in the uh, hacking community that actually have something useful to contribute to the betterment of the digital domain, uh, from what I've read, this guy is certainly not one of them. And uh, it, it, he seems to be one of the most hated people on, on the Internet. And so that's why he's always being attacked. Now, why is he hated? From what I read, he's... He's just, uh, he's a former Washington, uh, now again, don't don't quote me tit for tat here, but I believe he's one, a former Washington Post journalist that decided that he would uh, get into uh, reporting on hackers and the, sub, the, the whole hacker subculture and all of that. And so, oh, okay. Yeah, and so he's, you know, he's, he's had, he's been swatted, he's been, he's had uh, illegal things mailed to his home and you know, he's he's just uh, you know from what I from what I could tell you know he he makes his living off of uh, reporting about uh, cyber crime and all of that stuff and uh, I've spoken to a few people and actually a few of my followers and one follower in in specific told me that uh, th- this Krebs fellow uh, reported uh, on. Uh, her husband's company and uh, it was all misinformation and it was and come to find out you know her husband's company suffered uh, a lot due to his his uh, misinformation and so uh, you know there's a lot of angry people at this guy and yeah. rightfully so because he's just you know he's just trying to get he's just, you know he's making money off Google ads and he's he's making his money and uh, you know his business model isn't isn't uh, out there in the open, but he's he's making money. But he's just being a scumbag. That's pretty much what he's doing, right? Well, I, mean, I can't, you know. Well, yeah, you, yeah. you shouldn't yeah. say something like that. But uh, well, yeah, but he's making money off of, off of reporting about cybercrime and all that. And yeah, I guess that's what people are really think about him is you know. I mean, I've heard of the guy, but I've never really paid attention to him. So. Yeah, same here, same yeah. here. And you know who. Who knows? You know he. You know, it, it, obviously, you're pissing the wrong people off or the right people off if uh, if you're not uh, if you're getting uh, if you are the uh, recipient of the internet's uh, largest DDoS attack. And so, enough of that guy as well. So, there's uh, other things in the news besides uh, some. Some guy out there reporting on uh, the hacking subculture. Uh, let's see. Um, a hacker going by the name Anna Senpai released a source code that controlled an army of zombified Internet of Things devices uh, that recently took down Krebs on security, uh, who we were just talking about. And uh, an attacker uh, ha- who had used uh, the code to launch the massive distributed denial of service attack against. Uh, the site's computer servers reaching a staggering, oh yeah, here it is, maximum of 620 gigabits per second uh, in bogus internet traffic during the uh, attack. Um, Supposedly, uh, let's see, Krebs spotted the leak on a forum called Hack Forums a day after Anna Senpai posted it, and then Krebs confirmed that the malicious software called Mirai uh, was responsible for the attack on on his site. Um, so basically the hacker claimed, uh, that dumping the code because it was now attracting unwanted attention. The likely logic of course was, uh, Mira releasing the code into the wild where others can pick it up and improve on it and mask the identity of the original author. So that, uh, that, that's kind of who was, uh, that, you know, that's the code that was behind the, the attack and. Uh, you know these these type of attacks are only going to increase with significance as time uh, you know continues to uh, go by. So 
Uh, let's get through a, a few more um, news articles real quick. Uh, the hacker known as Gucci. How do you say that? Guccifer? Guccifer? I would assume it's Guccifer. 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 Something, something silly, man. He's probably <laughs> some kind of twist on Gucci. Gucci. That's what it looks like anyway. Gucci. Yeah, Gucci. Guccifer. <laughs> I got Whatever, my Gucci man. shoes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> of all the... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Uh, anyhow, the uh, hacker known as Guccifer um, has been sentenced to... We're not going to talk about that because it's a long, uh, drawn-out affair, and I just don't feel like talking about it. So, uh, moving on, hackers hijacked a few law enforcement computers for ransom. Uh, in Maine, cyber criminals took over the computer systems shared by five police agencies for about two weeks last year. Uh, and really, the police departments had no other choice but to pay the $300 in ransom. Uh, in Los Angeles, of course, as many of you know, and if you've listened to the show, a large hospital uh, along uh, those lines shelled out uh, almost $18,000 uh, to regain access to uh, its electronic medical records uh, that uh, some of the uh, criminals took hostage as well. And in eastern Ohio, Columbiana County was forced to pay more than $2,800 in ransom uh, this past June after computers in its juvenile court system became infected. Cyber age extortionists who use so-called ransomware software to hijack computer systems and hold them hostage until their victims pay a ransom increasingly are be preying on local governments, hospitals, and even police departments uh, and are forcing officials to decide whether or not uh, to meet the, the demands of the criminals or to just go ahead and risk losing their data. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the spokesmen for the, I can't even say it, uh, police departments in Maine uh, said that, um, with, you know, basically we, we needed to have our information back and, you know, they, of course, need that information on a daily basis, contained information about arrests, warrants, and other uh, information that police departments use from a day-to-day -day perspective uh, and even though officials decide to pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars in ransom to some of these criminals w with their ransomware uh, a, lo a lot of a lot of people are doing just that police departments in general uh, and hospitals seem to be the favorite go-to um, uh, targets for some of these criminals and most of these criminals are coming from the eastern european bloc countries and so that's that's sort of uh concerning especially since there's uh new uh ransomware out there uh and it it seems to be that uh there there seems to be a new version of ransomware dropping every other week yeah and uh you know you one of one of the uh one of the latest variants of course, uh, I'm trying to uh, trying to remember the name of that. Uh, it, it's quite nasty, and it comes in a uh, drive-by download kit, uh, and it's it's quite quite uh, quite a, a, a nasty uh, little bit of little little bit of code, uh, and and uh, there's there's several kits that come. Uh, pre pre-installed with some of this ransomware there's um there's there in here are a couple of them there's one called magnitude and it's an exploit kit uh it's an exploit kit slash attack toolkit that allows the remote attacker to perform various malicious actions on the compromised computer there's a second one called the neutrino toolkit that also compromises the machine by targeting victims on various vendor of all of by targeting various vendors' vulnerabilities uh, on the um, victim's machine, and um, then there's uh, then there's one other piece of uh, really horrible code, and it's called Cerber C E R B E R four, uh, and that is a highly successful piece of ransomware, uh, actually. <laughs> And they're calling it ransomware as a service, R-A-A-S, instead of software as a service. It's yeah. ransomware as a service. <laughs> and uh, this, this one particular uh, 
this one in particular toolkit is extremely brutal and effective. And uh, this server actually comes, again, as a drive-by uh, toolkit. And it, it, it targets all sorts of uh, organizations from hospitals to Leos to uh, one, of, one of the latest uh, targets have been nonprofit nonprofit organizations. And they still continue to be a uh, big target. And so uh, if, if you are uh, running a nonprofit out there and you're listening to the show, uh, you you must be vigilant about some of this ransomware that's going around there because it, it's certainly targeting uh, nonprofit organizations. So uh, be careful about that. Be careful, uh, you know, to try to limit policies on your network. Make sure that uh, you, your um, employees are properly trained and uh, they, um, you know, you're not you're not getting infected by. Uh, someone clicking a, a, a link or, or something to that effect. And even in those particular situations, uh, you know, I- even if everything's tightened up, buttoned up, and all of that stuff, ransomware can still get inside of your network, point being in, point in case. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we... Uh, I got I got to be cautious in, in my vernacular here, but uh, recently uh, there there was... Uh, a bit of ransomware that uh, came through um, an email network, and uh, it the employee clicked a link, and, and fortunately, it was just a benign PDF. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the author who had sent the PDF was supposed to uh, wrap the ransomware inside of the PDF, but I don't think they really really knew what they were doing because the PDF was generated by this toolkit, and you know, upon further uh, examination uh, by myself and another team member, we were able to identify that, you know, the the person had used the freeware version of the um, the exploit kit. So right. that one particular company really lucked out in that regard. So uh, and and it got right through. It got right through the spam filters, the email filters, the, all the egress filters, the edge routers, all of that, and it still got through. And uh, and it, it was a it was an extremely focused targeted spear phishing uh, attack so um if you know that just goes to show that uh you got to be careful out there if you're in in charge of a network and uh one last bit of information with that uh that that uh, a lot of criminals are uh have seen a lot of criminals and uh mischievous hackers are out there playing around with medical equipment that again is connected to the internet, and um, the risk of uh, so uh, the risk of these sort of scenarios happening from you know internet connected insulin pumps to uh, heart palpitation correcting devices, you know, can that are connected to the internet uh, are susceptible to attacks and. Um, some of these uh, some of these companies such as Johnson and Johnson uh, they are actually warning patients now about the security vulnerabilities uh, found in one of its insulin pumps so uh, you know there's there's all sorts of uh, devices out there that were never uh, there was no, there's no security conceived I mean in the devices themselves or the firmware or the operating systems of some of these health devices and so uh, if if you're working with those uh, you know those sort of situations and, and if you're you are actually a patient or something like that, do your homework. You know, I know that's sort of. I, I know you shouldn't have to be able to. You shouldn't have to do that sort of thing this day and age. But uh, you never know uh, if you know if a piece of malware uh, inadvertently. Uh, tar- is targeting one thing, but it's targeting your insulin pump or your heart pump or some your kidney pump or some kind of pump or device that makes you healthy or continues to uh, give you longevity to your your life. So be careful in that regard. Whew. How's that, man? Wow, that's a uh, really long-winded. Yeah, I know, man. I'm trying to get back on the horse here, and uh, well, you're getting there. <laughs> I'm trying, brother. I really am. Uh, let's see. Uh, a few more things here. Nearly 6,000 uh, online stores were hit recently. 
Uh, and oh, yes, I actually know what you're talking about. I have that article pulled up here. Um, Go ahead. All right. Almost 6,000 online shops were hit by hackers. Um, almost 6,000 web shops are unknowingly harboring malicious code that is stealing the credit card details of customers, suge suggests research. The, co the obfuscated code has been injected into the sites by cyber thieves, said Dutch developer William, Willem de Groot. He found the 5,925 compromised sites by scanning for the specific signature of the data-stealing code in website software. Some of this stolen data was sent to servers based in Russia, he said. In a blog post, Mr. DeGroot said the attacks exploited known vulnerabilities in several different widely used web re retailing programs. Mr. DeGroot is co-founder and head of security at Dutch e-commerce site Byte.nl. Having one access, the attackers injected a short chunk of obfuscated code that copied credit card and other payment detail or payment information. Stolen data was being sold on dark web markets at a rate of about $30 or 25 euros per card, he said. His research found nine separate types of skimming code on sites, suggesting many different crime groups were involved. Mr. DeGroote said he had been investigating skimming since his own car details were stolen. His work revealed the first sites harboring the malicious code in late 2015, but further research showed the skimming started in earnest in May 2015. By the end of that year, about 3,500 sites had been compromised. Since then, he said, the number of sites had grown to 5,925, with some harboring skimming code for almost 18 months. Victims included car makers, fashion firms, government sites, and museums. The code used to steal data steadily became more sophisticated and now makes efforts to hide itself and tackle more types of payment systems. Quote, new cases could be stopped right away if store owners would upgrade their software regularly. End quote. Mr. DeGroote said some stores had taken action to flush out the skimming code and patch their stores after he published a list of compromised sites. Quote, I would recommend cons consumers to only enter their payment details on sites of known payment providers such as PayPal, he told the BBC. They have hundreds of people working on security. The average store probably has none, end quote. Wow. And, you know, that that uh, and it just keeps it just keeps getting more and more uh, more weirder as time goes by, because, you know, we've got uh, hackers now or not hackers God damn it! I, yeah, I hate saying <laughs> hackers for everything, but uh, the, you know, a lot of criminals are are infecting uh, software such as uh, WinRAR, TrueCrypt, uh, with some uh, really uh, crafty malware called Strong Pity. So, be you know, be vigilant on that, folks, and know that uh, there's people out there trying to get uh, data, and they really don't give a shit who you are and what you're trying to protect. All all it's about nowadays is that uh, that dollar. And uh, they're trying to get it no matter what it takes to get there. So, uh, uh, Crash, we have about six minutes left. And I know you wanted to speak about this one interesting device. And let me, let me uh, jump off real quick um, you, you, because, you know, a lot of people like uh, uh, some of the gadgets that uh, we chat about. And yeah. one of the I know I, we only have about five minutes. And I know you want to chat about uh, that one gadget that you showed me. But here's another gadget, folks, that I wanted to uh, bring to your attention. It's oddly and dimensionally cool and it's uh night you guys like night vision shit yeah yeah you, you're nodding your head uh the night vision video binoculars and these are absolutely unbelievably rad uh, $249.95 you can find these at uh, oh shit uh the let's hear the the uh, the digital binoculars that let you clearly view Photograph and record videos of subject in near total darkness from up to 100 meters away. The binoculars use a 2-watt infrared LED that displays objects on an easy-to-view LED monitor, making them visible even in the murkiest of nights. The binoculars have seven brightness levels with three times optical magnification, two times digital zoom, and manual focus wheel that enable you to capture the nocturnal habits of animals, people, and even things that go bump in the night. Yeah, it comes with a lifetime guarantee, blah, 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 and ha, ha, ha. You can find this uh, one particular thing at uh, uh, dot -E com, 
and check it out. They are the uh, night vision video binoculars. And if you need a link to the, them, we'll po post the link to them on our Twitter feed. But uh, with that said, we got a few minutes left. Uh, Crash, what was that cool device you were telling me about earlier, man? Yeah, so basically what this is, is uh, it's called Snap Power. And it's a cover for your outlets. And it's not just any regular cover. It's a... Uh, an LED, you know, light cover. It's a night light, basically. Right. And um, th there's a few different variations. They have a guide light, snap power cover, and then they have a charger snap power cover. And uh, so to start off with the guide light, um, they say our easy to install, sleek, and energy efficient design safely trans transforms your outlet cover plate into a convenient night light. It requires no wires or batteries and leaves all outlets free for use. So the way it works is the, your outlet screws provide power and the cover itself uses uh, two prongs, a positive and a negative prong, to snap into your outlet screws, which provide power. Right, and so it uh, you know it just snaps into place or screws into place or whatnot, and so after it provides power to the uh, the prongs at night, there's actually a little sensor on it. I should have said this first. There's a sensor, a photocell sensor, on the front of the uh, cover, and during the nighttime or whenever it gets dark enough for the photocell to detect that there's no more light, there uh, the LEDs on the bottom actually start to uh, or they turn on. You know they emit light and. Um, yeah, they say that this cover is convenient, automatic, efficient, and easy to install, and rightly so. It, they claim that it that it costs less than ten cents per year, and lasts about twenty five plus years. And I think that's pretty amazing, considering if you installed these on all of your outlets in your home, yeah. you would never have to worry about turning on a light again at night, stumbling across your floors and you know, falling down, stubbing your toe, whatever. You know, you do uh, <laughs> at night usually, and um, and that's just one of the uh, the the face plates. And speaking of multiple of them, there's different versions of the guide light too. They have a duplex and a decor or decor version, and uh, you know, just different aesthetic basically. So basically, in your home, if you have twenty or twenty or thirty uh, power sockets in there, you you put these in your power sockets. At ten cents a year, it's going to cost you what two or three dollars for the whole year, oh, yeah. to uh, subsequently light up your home with a nice little glowing light when the lights go off at at night, which right. is which is kind of cool. I mean, that should cut down on uh, like me. I, I leave my uh, I leave my stove light on all the time, and so which can be costly. Which can be costly, of course. And yeah, if if that's the case, you know, you're talking pennies per you know per device per year, and that's right. that's really good stuff. And uh, it's a fraction of a cent, you know, per day. And where would our listeners find one of these things or buy these things? Well, you can go to SnapPower.com, and you can browse around. They have a shop. They have their products listed: Snap Power guide lights, chargers, and cables. And their their website is actually very nice, very easy to navigate. Okay. Um, their SSL is you know, up and running. <laughs> you don't have any errors or warnings or whatnot like some stores have. Um, and they've been around since the, their copyright says 2014, and they're pretty well accredited. Um, let's see, they. They have DIY Network, Business Insider, Gizmodo, CNET, Yahoo, so on and so forth. So, so good reviews out there. Right, right. And I've just now found about found out about them. I actually saw the an ad uh -huh. last night about it, uh, funny enough. And it was actually the first ad to pull me in and, and made me go to their site. Well, it didn't make me go to their website, but I, I wanted to go to their website. Grabbed your interest. It so to actually speak. grabbed my interest, and it was the first ad to ever do so, which was really interesting. And uh, you ordered 10 of them already, so yeah. well, maybe we can give a review on them once you get them in? Oh, for sure. Okay. And um, I wanted to touch base a little bit on the charger one. It's you know, a little simple. Um, it's the same thing, except it. It offers a charger, a charging port, a USB charging port, I should add, rather than you having to actually plug in your uh, 
your charger, whatever, for whatever device it may be, Android, iPhone, whatever. Right. Uh, you just plug in straight to a USB port, and that's pretty amazing. So, And it comes in different colors. The charger comes in white, light almonds, and ivory. The guide light comes in white, light almond, ivory, and black, which is really convenient considering what kind of interior you might have in your home. So it, it can blend. Well, we'll definitely check that out. And then I know you said you said you ordered about 10 of these sockets. So we'll, right. once you get them in and try them out, uh, I'd like to have uh, your input and we can share them with our listeners. For and, sure. And with that said, folks, that's uh, we've chewed up an hour. Can you believe it? That's been that. And um, Crash, thank you so much for jumping in. And uh, Thanks for having me, man. Man, no no worries. Thanks for, uh, thanks for helping me out and my family out. I really appreciate that. And... Uh, Really, really, words can't express enough how much I really, uh, my sincere gratitude to you. I don't think saying you are welcome is uh, really no expressive worries. enough. No so. worries. No worries, young brother. And to everybody out there, I wanted to, again, uh, say thank you uh, to you, the listener. Uh, with your help, we've, we've now reached over 100,000 listeners, and we're continuing to grow. We're keeping the site and everything ad-free and will. There's no ads. You're not going to see ads or any flyovers or fly-ins or any of that silliness and we're going to keep everything coming to you just the way it has been we're just going to keep getting better uh, as time get moves on with that said uh, you can find us on twitter at twitter.com forward slash gummo g-u-m-m-o-x-x-x you can find us on the web at hackers.xxx you can find us uh, on the internet archives on itunes on roku on all kinds of media events just look for hackers and you'll find us. Just look for the logo. And speaking of which, it's time to uh, turn the website around and uh, make it white for the winter. Oh, yes. So I'm glad you reminded me of that. And we'll pass that information along to Stephanie so she can make uh, make those proper adjustments. Folks, we really appreciate your, uh, your time, love, and support. And thank you for listening to the show. With any comments, suggestions, or any, even if you have something to gripe about, send us an email at uh, gummo, G-U-M-M-O, at hackers.xxx. And again, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash gummo xxx. And uh, where else am I at? I'm just kind of all over, really. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much uh, in every social media outlet <laughs> that's there. Yeah. Well, just search for Gummo XXX. Don't search for Gummo. Search for Gummo XXX. Uh, and again, uh, if you have um, any, anything that you, some feedback or, or comments, or e- even if you'd like us to talk about something, or you would like to be on the show, we can do that. Reach out to us. And uh, we will definitely address your concerns. Until next week, folks, for show number 46, I am Gummo. I'm Crash. And we will be back next week for show number 46. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week. See you. See you.